This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Merci, merci beaucoup. Oh, I'm speaking French. Why? Because we're in Paris. That's right. The rugby odds on the road in Paris, thanks to Irish Rugby Tours. But if you look in the sponsor Opportunity Green Room, you'll see WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield and King Gifte Bailu, the inventor of words, preparing diligently. They're not in, in France with me, and they're preparing diligently because we have a huge show. Look at the your company name here, Slate. And you'll see what I'm talking about. We also have George Hook back with us. But before we get George in, we got to get the guys in and talk about our record. Guys, 27 and 9 last week. And that places us in unprecedented territory here with some decisions that have to be made. John, first off, I love the suit. Gift, what's with the sloppy shirt? He looks terrific. won against England. All right. The system is rigged. I don't care about the rules. Salmoa won against England, and that—that that is the true shame that you were about to talk about. That you didn't Bam. realize. Bam! Good who for was you. it, Matt McCarthy? You said, "Oh, England's gonna roll these guys because you're English and you love the English." Let's not skip. They didn't. They did not. I'm still feeling for Samoa, uh, gift. I'm very sorry to, about Samoa losing, but you're not. You're you're not. You're Nigerian, so I mean, those are those are our people. From the other diaspora, what else? all right? That's right. What else? The other diaspora. We are one. <laughs> okay. we are one with Samoa. They were robbed, no doubt. Uh, the hand in the air, that was all, that's horse hockey. It was George Hook, who's in the waiting room, would say horse manure. Uh, but, uh, John, you were going to be in the um, walk of shame alone. But when you came on today with that suit, Oh boy, that changed everything. Let me tell you uh, something, Mister Mister George Hook, and I, we don't like to be called Mister, but he is an Irish legend, and I'm gonna call him Mister because he is Mister Hook to me. He, he said something about not dressing nice, so I thought I'm gonna dress nice for the Irish legend, Mister George Hook. So here I am in my Sunday best. And just one small correction: it's an adverb. He did say dress nicely. Okay, so let's let's pick it up a notch for Mister Hook, please. Thank you. Thank you. What are you talking about? You're sitting over there. That is the most punchable face in the world. No wonder they hate Americans over in Europe. Guys like you go over there. Well, you obviously haven't seen the final edit of this show in which a lot of people over here have been yelling about you. The walk of shame and the, the wooden spoon. We're in we're in historic territory here because we were 27 and 9. We were all 9 and 3 last week. So management has ruled there's no wooden spoon this week. How about them apples? You like apples? We don't have a management. We don't have management. We have management. We have... No, we don't. And there's a wooden spoon is some stupid thing that you made up that you do every week. And you're like, you I did not some, make like, up the wooden spoon. You did. And you have like some stupid twist every week. Like I'm going to give it to, and then all of a sudden you have like some big drama with it. As far as the uh, walk of shame, however, we're all in the walk of shame this week because we fell in love and believed in Fiji, and they let us down once again. I bet Fiji live against Georgia because I knew they would play well in the second half. I bet Fiji live this past week against Portugal, and I lost my money because those boys did not come through. At Darn the right. 
Fiji, right. Fiji has shown us that we should never estimate them when they are the favorites. They are a team that requires hunger and hunger occasion because because anything else is just yeah hunger. Okay, okay we should never estimate them. <laughs> you All just right. repeating the king. All right, no, we're not going to repeat peasant? the king. Because we don't have time to repeat the king. We don't have time for repetitiveness. We have to take a break and bring in Mr. George Hook. Hopefully you won't come back. In action! John Franchalafim! You suck! Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we're back, and we're back again with Mr. George Hook. George, welcome to the program once again. Yeah! It's, uh, it's good to be back. Well, we got a lot to talk about, and we don't have a lot of time, so let's not waste any of it. George, what have we learned from this latest round in the Rugby World Cup? Well, I mean, the most important thing is that the play acting is over. We're, we're now at the pointy end of the tournament uh, with, theoretically, and I stress theoretically, the best eight teams in the tournament in the quarterfinals. Um, the sad part of the tournament is that we've been talking about tier two nations. And by that, we went to Uruguay or Namibia or whatever. But we now have to add to the mix, I think, Australia, uh, Scotland and England as effectively tier two nations. I mean, Scotland were just awful against Ireland. Australia were beyond awful. Now, what's going? I'm not going to go forward four years because chances of me being there are pretty slim. But like, yeah, how Australia can hold a tournament that nobody on in 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 the kind of subcontinent is actually interested in, uh, and then you have England. I mean, it is a travesty that as is likely, England are going to be in the semi-final of the World Cup. It's a lot. It's a lot in there. And, uh, you know, it's a lot to unravel. John, what did we learn? I learned that George Hook is right, that uh, this Rugby Cup has been uh, an absolute disaster. I mean, you've got teams that are winning by 70 points. That should not happen because nothing's going to matter until this weekend. You're going to see some great rugby this weekend. You're going to see some great rugby the next few weekends. Uh, but we've watched rugby that has been just un, 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 uncompetitive. So I've thought about what George said. I, I like the idea of going straight to the eight, but I'm going to propose a little bit different plan. Go to a 16-team World Cup because world rankings do not mean anything right now. They're a farce. Take the top 12 teams and give them a bye straight to the round of 16. Take the next eight teams and give them a bye into the play-in. Now, what you need is four more teams to get there. So you take teams 21 through 36 in the world. Now, you got 36 teams that will be essentially the World Cup. And let them have a play-in game that gets you down to the eight that you need for the 16 to get down to the four. So you go, you go don't worry about it. I've, I've done the math. The math works. So you got 36 teams, 
you play one round, you get knockout eight, then you have 16 teams fighting for the four spots that are left because the first one through 12 teams get a bye. You play eight, you play four, then you put those teams into the 16 World Cup. That way, every game matters. You can do this a couple months out. You can do this three months out. You can do this as prelims leading up to the World Cup. Now, you're still going to have one versus 16 as tournaments work. That's going to be a mismatch. Somebody's going to be a lamb led to the slaughter. They need a warm-up game anyway. But that way, you can include 36 countries playing to get two that final 16 that will end up in every single game will matter. And you will grow the game by having teams that are in the say 25 through 36 that would never have a chance to get in the world cup. And I think that way you could change the tournament because the tournament right now, I believe uh, what George says is completely unsustainable because it's not watchable. George for the next segment, when we ask you a question, I want you to answer whether or not you think his idea is a good idea, but not right now. We'll jump to it after the break. And John, you got to wear a suit more often because whether you're right or wrong, and that was cockamamie bull, you sounded great. Gif, what have we learned other than John looks great in a suit and he can talk? Number one, I, I think people are both overreacting on how bad Italy is in terms of a need to kick out of the uh, Six Nations, but more importantly, are super overreacting on Portugal's performances uh, on each one. I generally have not seen anything that actually is impressive to me with them, except for a lot of teams underestimating them and taking advantage. Uh, in terms of everybody else's play, I mean, I think we got exactly what was expected. I think Argentina was the one that was a surprise from everybody. I think Japan is disappointing uh, because they are a nearly tier one team. I think we're looking back at a Ireland versus South Africa. And honestly, if it comes to that, that is the single best outcome that you could ask for from this Rugby World Cup, because I do not think that there is another team that is equitably as competitive as them. Kicker or no kicker for South Africa? All right. I learned a couple of things. Uh, number one, I learned that Irish Rugby Tours is the best tour company out there. I have an itinerary here that has been très magnifique. Thank you to Irish Rugby Tours. Also, they are the best. They are the best. They even take care of people like Matt McCarthy. That's how good they are. Irish rugby tours. That you only should only use them. Yeah. If they can get me around the world and it's just not rugby and it's just not Ireland, you go anywhere you want. You got to contact these people. But here's the other thing. I learned that the French have absolutely no idea about concessions, particularly beer concessions here at Stade France. It was mind numbing. They had lines for about three days for beer and then they'd have a kid in french behind the counter with with like literally a hundred yards of people packed to try to get beers just yell that is it that is it nobody hearing it nobody knowing still waiting on the line waiting on the line absolutely crazy they left so much money on the table but that's the french i man. think it, you're a francophobe and i think you're a drunk <laughs> at least one of those is false but we got to take a quick break and we're coming back with that cliffhanger on what george thinks about john's theory for the next world cup we'll be right back cleats you need them tomorrow if you order today by 3 p.m new york time or noon la time they can have them to you tomorrow young old male female if you're playing on turf if you're playing on grass if you're playing in the rain you're playing in the heat they've got you covered rugbynow.com go there now 
And we're back. And, George, we had that cliffhanger where we were going to have you address John's idea about the Rugby World Cup. What do you think? It, theoretically, it's superb. Practically, it's a whole load of horsemen here. The thing is that if we, if we just look at the, the world game as it stands, and you look at these tier two nations who are trying to move forward, they're not going to play a tier one nation between now and Australia. John has a system in which they can try and get through to the World Cup, and I get it. I really do. But it's impossible in the way rugby is run. They don't want Chile to be playing matches or Portugal to be playing matches. So the qualifiers, whoever they come, whether they come through the Layfield system or they come through any other system, they will arrive in Australia completely unprepared. But out of 36 teams, America could find somebody to beat. That's a, that's a valid point. <laughs> the Aran Islands are putting out an application. Paul Mullen will want to go back and play for the Aran Islands, if that's the case. Gift? With the England versus Samoa game, obviously the controversy of the replay TMO after the conversion, taking back the, the try on that one. Do you feel like that this is almost like the perfect metaphor of what's happening with world rugby? The attempt to try and make perfect better than good and, in fact, making it a worse outcome. You had it. You had the time. Yeah. Stick to what you have. Build from there and go, as opposed to roll it back and completely mess up an outcome that could have grown the game itself. Wow. You asked that question without even wearing a suit jacket. That is even more impressive than John's suit. George? The problem for the game for this is the bunker just doesn't work. So every time we now have a situation, we can pick holes in it and we can say that's a really bad decision. Like the whole point of this kind of uh, technology was it took human error out of it. And it isn't taking human error out of it because the guys in the bunker are just as human as the guy with the whistle on the field. So the, the Samoa thing, and I hear Gift very loud and very clear, I have lost sort of all faith in that. And when these things happen, I just roll my eyes to heaven and call for another coffee. <laughs> John, a question for George. George. I've been to Hong Kong sevens and I've watched Fiji play in Hong Kong. They are a different team. And if aliens ever invaded this earth, <laughs> I would send the Fiji sevens team out there to meet them. That's who I want fighting for me. These are, they're just a different uh, people as far as the, the talent they have, the way they play, the superior athletic skills, but you watch them play in Paris and London. They're not the team you see in the Hong Kong sevens because they love winning the Hong Kong sevens. They have something to play for. Fiji looked tremendous against Australia. They did not look good against Georgia and did not look good as against uh, Portugal. What Fiji team do we have coming out this week? You, do you have any idea? The mistake is that people believe that sevens is rugby. No! Sevens oh. is not rugby. The name of the game is rugby union football. And it's played with 15 players and so on. Sevens is a completely bastardization 
of that game. And there's no resemblance to it. It doesn't have line hacks, where there's a couple of others standing there micking around. It doesn't have scrums with three men on it. So as the USA approved, the sevens is only about guys who can run fast and can pass efficiently out of the tackle. The Fijians are magic, but they can't really scrummage. They don't have a solid line-out. They have none of the basics of the game. It's a bit like marrying Pamela Anderson, who's going to do the cooking. And therefore, <laughs> the issue with Fiji <laughs> yes, you got nobody to do the cooking. Why would you care who did the cooking if you're married to Pamela Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going cook. We're going to tiptoe away from that one now. What kind of a team is England? Who are they? I think Borthwick, the coach, is okay. You know, he's not a complete dundiad. He's okay. But what he doesn't know is what is his best team. The first thing you learn as a coach is what is your best team. So you got to be prepared to pick your worst enemy if he's worth his place. Farrell is the worst captain, but more importantly, he's the worst fly half. They've got three fly halves on tour, and Farrell is the third best of them, and the team is affected as a result. For Farrell to actually be beaten by the clock on a conversion in an international match is simply beyond comprehension. We are hearing these conversations with the referees, which are complete nonsense, but allowing for those two major errors, the third one is just isn't good enough. Ford is an immeasurably better fly half. He's a better manager of the game. So now if you pick Ford, you know what your game is. The problem for England is to pick up Farrell and they're trying to play a game that Farrell can't play. Because if we see England with Farrell and fly out, or worse still, afford Farrell access, it just won't work. I mean, it will be like trying to produce rugby wrap-up with co-presenters McCarthy and Hook. Just wouldn't work. <laughs> That's why it's on the rugby odds, under the rugby wrap-up umbrella. I got one other final question for you, George. This yeah. one is about etiquette, I, I guess. I had great seat. I was on the 40-meter line, about 18 rows back, and when exciting stuff was going on, people were standing up. I was standing up as well. There was a bunch of young ladies from Ireland in their mid-70s behind me that kept screaming at me for, to sit down. There are two things which, from a spectator point of view, I find very sad. One is everybody standing up. And the second thing is beer sales. Sorry, old bean. I beer sales should be at baseball matches. Oh, they should not okay. be oh. at rugby union. What happens to what has happened to my beloved Lansdowne Road, which I refuse to call the Aviva, right? I'm sitting there on time, and the next minute the match is on about five minutes, and there's this rush of people coming in, clutching pints of the black stuff. Now, of course, their kidneys cannot cope with pints of the black stuff, so halfway through the match, I have to get up again as they all go out. Now at halftime, they go out for more pints of the black stuff. Then they come back late uh, for the second half. Beer has destroyed. The, the, the <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, you Europeans, 
you Europeans don't know anything about the fan experience. You could have you could have beers being served in their seats, and in the seats that I was in, that was allowed. But the out the, the tailgating, the pregame, all that stuff. They left so much money on the table because they just. Maybe you need to learn how to hold your liquor and don't have to go to the bathroom 14 times. This isn't just about about me. And George, one other point, one other point. They're called stands and Lansdowne Road. I was in Lansdowne Road for Scotland, Ireland, when Brian O'Driscoll was playing center and we were standing. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's that's why they're called stands because everybody stood. Biggest misuse of the word ever. Contrary to, you know, neophytes like you, McCarthy, rookies. The game is over 150 years old. For the overwhelming majority of that century and a half, people didn't need beer to watch a rugby match. They sat in the seats, which they were grateful to get, and they watched a match. Now, with the absolute rush of capitalism and pursuit of profit, we what we now have is we have drink a beer as the primary object, not the game. And the second thing, the kind of idiots who drink beer at a rugby match are not rugby followers anyway. Are you? you know, they're, they're people who like, a, you know, a replica shirts and sing songs and do all that kind of stuff. Are you prepared right now? Song. I never sang a song in my entire life at a rugby match. I never wore a replica shirt at a rugby match. I went there to watch the game. And are you going to tell me that you never had a beer? It's not karaoke. Go to a karaoke bar if you want to sing along with all your buddies that can't hold their beer. I didn't say anything about singing, so don't spin this on me. You're talking about you want to sing your songs in your stupid replica shirts and drink beer. I just muted his mic. I've just <laughs> muted his mic. He's the first guy to be on a talk show in a suit to have been mic'd on a rugby show. George, are you prepared to tell me that you've never had a beer at a rugby match? I am. Oh. On the lives of my children, <laughs> I am prepared to say that in since I first watched a rugby international in 1951, Ireland against South Africa, I have never had an, a, a soft drink to mind your alcohol. I've never had a soft drink. Yeah. Why would I get up from my, my seat, go looking for a drink, then get up from my seat to go to go to the bathroom, then get up to my no, no. All right. Well, I know yeah, who some I'm of us taking to a game. Bags, and they're for our little our own convenience. Oh. I gotta get on our little cell phones because we're so ADD, Matt. <laughs> Maybe some people like the glory of sport. <laughs> How am I getting blamed for all the like other stupid the, little the, karaoke the crimes against your your respective humanities? I'm getting blamed for all of them here. No, the problem with you, McCarthy, is when Babe Ruth hit his 85th home run or whatever the heck it was, you were probably in the in the bathroom. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Touche, hooky. You're what's bad about rugby and sports. <laughs> That's you, you McCarthy. Ah, I, I love that. Concur. I agree. Anarchy. The idiots are at the gate. Anyway, George, thank you very much, sir. Pleasure. George, you're the best. Thank <laughs> you, George. All right. We'll be right back after this. GBO Socks! Matt McCarthy is the best.
From New York City comes America's longest running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights, and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. And we're back, and thanks again to George. What a treat it is listening to him tell me that I was around when Babe Ruth hit his 85th home run. And, John, uh, you were embarrassing because we had to turn your mic off. How about you announce to these people about you drunk dialing me about three nights ago from France? Go it's ahead. You're, you're Normally, you're incomprehensible. In this day, you could not even talk. I see your phone. I accidentally answer that was it. jet lag, John. You no, see the jet not. behind me. I'm by an airport. Jet I've, been lag. With, I've been out with Stephen Lewis. He's my best friend. I love him. He's just the best. I love <laughs> All right. Him. So we have the Rugby World Cup matches to go through. I'm gonna I'm gonna read them out. You're gonna pick in order who you like versus the spread. Get just a one word answer on this, hey, guys. This is a gambling just show. Just a one word answer. We don't just grow through this stuff. This is people's money at stake. Not right? when we were out of time because Ooh. of the previous segment. Wells, as John says, minus four and a half versus Argentina gift. Wales. John. Wales. Wales. Ireland, minus one versus New Zealand. Gift. Ireland. John. I'm going Ireland. Ireland all day. Matt. England, minus eight and a half over Fiji. Gift. Fiji, because they step up to the occasion. John. Don't know which Fijian team's going to show up. I'm going Fiji. Fiji for history. It's eight and a half points. France, one and a half versus South Africa. At home, favorites. Gift. South Africa. John. A lot, a lot of pressure here. A lot of pressure here on France. Ugh. Coin toss. I'm going to go home team. I'm going with South Africa, and it's going to rip this country to pieces. Oh, and John, I got to salute you for your winning pick on camera that you put out that we shared on the Rugby Odds. Well done, sir. Thank you very much. When Capo Uzo got a red card, that got a concussion, not a red card. Concussion, not a red card, and that's still their fate. All right, well, let's move on to the NPC semis now. Gift, Canterbury, minus one and a half, Taranaki. Taranaki. Ooh, John. Taranaki. I'm going Canterbury. Wellington, minus seven and a half over Hawks Bay. Hawks Bay. You're owing to that this week. John. <laughs> I've been going Wellington all year long. I'm going Wellington again. And Hawks Bay is about as bad as that Manly Village that name. That's a terrible name. I'm going with Wellington as well. Let's go to our picks of the week. John. Last couple of weeks, uh, Ireland scores 73 points. Two weeks ago, New Zealand scores 96 points. I'm going over in the total of Ireland versus New Zealand. I I agree with that pick. I think it's going to be wild. I don't care wide. if you agree. I, it makes no Gift. difference. Great. The over-under for England versus Fiji. I look at this. This is going to be an under 17-15 game. I like Wales-Argentina on the over. Plugs. Definitely check out Health Enhanced Foods. Thanksgiving is absolutely coming up, and you want to be able to get the food that's not going to blow up your stomach and not going to make you sick and make you keep your diets going. Gluten-free, diabetic-free, but tasteful. HealthEnhancedFoods.com. And, of course, check out Rugby Swag Show on whatever platform that you want to listen to it. John, Rugby Swag Show is what I'm pushing. That and stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. We got Henry Gowan on this week. We just had Willie Nelson's harmonica player on, Mickey Raphael. He played with the Highwaymen. He played Ray Charles' funeral with St St uh, Little Richard. 
Stevie Wonder sitting in the front row. How about that? He was at the Piggly Wiggly with the Beatle. Stories of Briscoe Bradshaw. That brings me to the Pig and Whistle in New York City, the best rugby pub on the planet. But also, why did you go to France to watch the game? Why didn't you because, just stay at a great rugby pub? That's a great pub. That's a great question, too, John. Why? Because of my other plug, Irish Rugby Tours. They ain't just Irish. They ain't just rugby. They got me here, and it's been the trip of a lifetime. On that note, we're out of time. I want to thank John Bradshaw, Layfield, the WWE Hall of Famer, King Gifte Bailu, the inventor of words, George Hook, the Irish legend. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the college rugby wrap-up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team. Bonsoir.